So uh, we've got a lot going on today, and today is a good day. Uh, we have uh, the congregational vote uh, to affirm RJ's call here is our next worship pastor. You should have received a ballot for that uh, as you came in. Those ballots will be uh, handed back out. Uh, you will turn those in as you leave the uh, worship center today. And so uh, if you don't have one of those ballots, you can grab one of those as you leave. So if you're a member of Copperfield Church, we want to encourage you um, to do that. We are going to announce the results of the, the count by uh, email, so you don't have to stick around. We will send you an email in that regard. Um, I would ask you, uh, if you've already done it, I don't have a lot of control over it, but I would ask you to be respectful of uh, RJ, his family, and his current place of service. Uh, in terms of posting things on social media, uh, let's allow him to dictate how he delivers that message to them uh, and not us let the cat out of the bag in that regard. So let's be respectful in that regard, but we do want to make sure that you are aware of that. Uh, the other thing that you should have received as you came in, uh, for everyone that's a believer, you should have received a uh, Lord's Supper um, element. If not, we'll have this available toward the end of the service, but we are going to take the Lord's Supper together at the end of this sermon um, as part of a response to this message. Now, this is where we we get started with the other aspect and important part of our Sunday in that we are launching a new initiative here at Copperfield Church. We have a new initiative called All Invited. All Invited. And what this stems from is the belief that if you are a Christian, that you have a role to play in the body of Christ. Uh, we have been talking for the last few months about our mission. Our mission is to invite all to build hope-filled homes in Jesus. And then we talked about some of the motives related to that. We wanted to be able to give hope. We wanted to build homes. We wanted to share life, and we wanted to treasure Jesus. The next part of this launching of this renewed vision is how we're going to do it. How are we going to fulfill our mission of inviting all to build hope-filled homes in Jesus? And that's what the All Invited Initiative is about. All of you are invited, and in fact, all of you are required to be in, to be committed to this idea of inviting all to build hope-filled homes in Jesus. And the way that we see God leading us to do that is through four S's. The first is seeking, the second is sharing, the third is serving, and the fourth is sending. Seek, share, serve, send. And so this morning, we're just going to talk generally about this idea of being involved in the life of the body of Christ and then we're going to look at seek one week, take a month. And then we're going to look at share one week, take a month. And then we're going to look at serve one week, take a month. And then send, take a month. And with each one of those Sundays, we're going to have different forms of commitment that we want to call you to. And so in addition to 
turning in your ballot as you leave today, what I'm hoping that you will do is that you will also grab one of these bracelets that says hashtag CC All Invited as a sign of commitment to this new initiative and that you would wear it. I'm not saying you can't take it off when you bathe or something. I mean, my kids don't, but that's okay. My kids don't smell great. I'm saying that for the span of the initiative, for the four months that we're looking at it, that you would wear it and that you would have it as a reminder that I am all in to invite all to build their homes on Jesus, to be filled with hope. And so we have a lot of moving parts this morning. And so I would encourage you to hone in as we think about what God is doing and how you're going to pay, you're going to play an invaluable role in that work today. So to kick us off, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, and out of respect for your time and the busyness of our schedule, these, this is going to be in a slightly abbreviated message, but I want to invite you to stand with me out of respect for the reading of the Word of God as we consider this idea of all invited to participate in the life of the body of Christ, what does that mean? Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. This is what God says through the Apostle Paul. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ." Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And the Lord bless the reading and the study of his word this morning. You may be seated as we go to the Lord in prayer today. Lord God, we thank you, we bless you for your word. And we ask that you would speak to us, Lord, that you would encourage us and that you would move us in the direction of commitment in life, in the body of Christ. Lord, guard me from error, protect your people. We ask this in Christ's holy name, amen. So I started by saying that if you are a Christian, if you are a Christian, you have a role to play in the body of Christ, without exception. If you are a Christian, you have a role to play in the body of Christ without exception. Now, you may hear within that this idea that you're saying, Pastor, that I have to do good works to really be a part of the church. That's not what I'm saying. Ephesians chapter 2, 8, and 9 say that we are saved by grace through faith. That it's not of yourself, lest anyone should boast. It is a gift of God. Amen? 
We are saved by grace through faith. However, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 do not exist in isolation from the rest of Ephesians. And in Ephesians 2, 10, it says, You are God's workmanship created for good works in Christ who's causing us to live as a living sacrifice holy unto him, picking up on Romans 12. So the grace of God that saves us, not of ourselves, it saves us and fills us in a relationship to him whereby we are filled with the Holy Spirit and gifted for the building up of the body of Christ. And so I would dare say, if you would claim to be saved by the grace of God, then you must also recognize that that grace empowers you as his workmanship to do good works in the body of Christ. You can't get one verse and not get the others. It's called uh, cherry picking. It's called taking a text out of its context. And if you've jokingly heard me say before, a text without a context is a pretext for a proof text. That doesn't work. Some of you English teachers will appreciate that. So what Paul is doing when we get to Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 is he showing us how the grace that has saved us continues to inform our formation and our development and growth in the body of Christ. So there's two things I want us to see in this passage, and there are dozens other things, but I just want us to see two this morning. The first thing that I want you to see is that you, I, we are called to be equipped in the church. Called to be equipped in the church. Notice what verses 11 through 13 say. Christ gave the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Why? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until it reaches full unity in the faith. Listen to how important that is. You have these people that equip the saints And the saints, that's us, engage in the work of ministry for the sake of building up the body of Christ. Sometimes there's this idea that the only people that are building up the church are that first group. You know, you got to be a preacher, a teacher, a pastor, an apostle. You know, what am I? That's not how God has actually structured the church, is it? He equips the body, and when the body is functioning correctly, the body builds itself up. So one of the most significant roles that any of you that are teachers, pastors, in the context of the church, we are not aiming at doing all the work of ministry, but rather equipping and handing off ministry to the body. That is how God intends for his church to grow. He does not intend to build the church around my personalities or my gifts or RJ's gifts or Paul's gifts or Pam's gifts or Elena's gifts or Cassie's gifts or Ann's gifts, sports staff's gifts, the small group leader's gifts. He intends as a body for us to all be contributing to the health and the growth of that body. 
And so, not only should we see that we're called to be equipped in the church, the second thing I want us to see is that we're called to be working for the church. Called to be working in the church, you could say. In the church, for the church. What do I mean by that? Look at verse 16 again. From him, the whole, that's Christ, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. How? As each part does its work. I want you to hear that again. Each part does its work. Every one of you that are a Christian, and I want to speak specifically to those of you that have partnered with Copperfield, that are going through our Discover Copperfield process. And if you haven't gone through that yet, we try to make it as easy and as available as we can for you to become a partner here at Copperfield. What does a partner mean? It means that you are an owner of the ministry. Membership is something that we pay for. Like you, you pay for membership at the Y, right? And you, you pay them dues and they provide a service for you. That's not really the best way of viewing church membership. Partners have a stake, an ownership, a desire, a care for how things happen. Kind of like a body part, right? Like your hand has a vested interest in how well your heart's working. How, how well your lungs are working. You may not think that you need things like eyelashes, that seems pretty insignificant, until you're in the middle of a dust storm, and you go, wow, those things are pretty, pretty important. <laughs> There's a vested interest in a care and a desire. You don't hit your thumb with a hammer and your toe goes, well, I'm fine. Like, that's that symbiotic relationship that we have as part of the same body. When you hurt, I hurt. When you rejoice, I should rejoice. And when we serve, our service is in the aim of building one another up in love. As each part does its work. So you who are partners at Copperfield already, but that have not yet figured out where you fit in. That's one of the things that we want to be able to discover in this all-invited initiative. Because I know, without a shadow of a doubt, God has given you gifts and skills and strengths and passions that you are not using yet, and you're wondering, is there something that I'm supposed to be doing with these? And I'm here to say, yes. And you go, what? Using them so that each part of the body of Christ would build itself up in love. A part removed from the body is is a pretty useless part. It's a pretty aimless part. But what we're going to learn as we seek and we share and we serve and we send is that God has not put the body together just in some arbitrary way like a Mr. Potato Head. He has put it together with intentionality that we might grow together. We are called to be equipped in the church and we are called to be working in the life of the church.
And I want to invite you into this. If you are a member here, a partner here, and you have not already plugged in, I want you to begin today praying, what is God revealing in my heart in terms of the passions and the things that I so desire to be a part of? If you're not a partner here yet and you're trying to figure it out, hey, look, I want to encourage you to go ahead and start going through the Discover Copperfield material. And you don't, it's like no commitment. It's not like if you start, you're obligated, right? You can just start it. And figure out if there's an interest and there's a place for you here. And here's what I would tell you. If Copperfield's not a place for you, that's okay. Find a body to plug into and use the gifts that God has graced you with. I'm not going to be mad at you. I mean, I want you to be here. would love to know what God is doing for you. I just want you to see that a part removed from the body is not a healthy part. Well, we got any examples of that? Yeah, I got a great example of that. Many of my stories revolve around cars and kids. Oftentimes what my kids do to my cars. <laughs> and we have a Suburban, and I am getting very good at replacing door handles on Suburbans. Um, for one part, they dry rot, and the other part is, your kid has a rough day at the baseball field, they pull a little bit harder and they've gotten a little bit heavier. And so one of my sons pulled the back right door handle off the car, just pulled the whole thing off. And so for a few weeks, I dropped the kids off at school without a door handle and they eventually said, dad, it's really getting embarrassing. My my friends are asking why we don't have a door handle. I said, okay, I'll order it. So I ordered it. But what I didn't think about was that it was going to have a different orientation than the left rear door handle. So the right rear door handle is going to be different than the left rear door handle. Okay? Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, everybody's like, I'd have never done that. Yeah, you would have. <laughs> so I get the door handle in and I start working on it. And I mean, I'm I'm doing everything I can to make this work, and it just doesn't work. And then I look at it, and it has the initials RL on it. I was like, well, I wonder what that means. Well, it's right, left, rear, left. So I bought a rear, right door handle, and it fit perfectly. Okay? But you know what I now have? I have an extra door handle. That is useless. Why? I cannot repurpose it in any way for any beneficial portion because it only has significance and works for its purpose when it's attached to the body of my vehicle. Like I even thought about bringing it and saying, hey, do you want this? And the only reason I didn't is because I'm sure they're going to break the one to the left <laughs> and I'm going to need that anyways. So, so what I'm saying is, is that We are not the car in the whole. We are a part of the car. And God intends for us to contribute to the goal and the purpose and the aim of that car. But in reality, we will find ourselves futilely disappointed without purpose and feel like, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. And it's because we're not attached to the life of the vehicle. It's the same thing for body parts. It's the same thing for you in the life of the church. We want you 
to be all in. And we invite you to be a part of that. So here are the two things that I want us to do to signify that commitment. The first is as you leave, if you want to be a part of this, I want you to pick up one of these these wristbands and wear it. And when people ask you what it's about, it's a great opportunity to start having a conversation saying, my church believes I'm very important. It's a good way of putting it. Why are you so important? Like, I'm like a body part in a body. And we're recruiting more body parts. (laughs) That might be a weird conversation over lunch. But you get it. There's always room for more body parts on this body. He will make it fit. But that we are inviting everyone to be a part of what God is doing. So I want to encourage you to grab one. You don't have to be a member at Copperfield to grab one of these. You just have to be saying, I'm willing to be a part of this initiative for the next four months. And then the second thing I want us to do, I don't know if there's a more vivid way of picturing our unity together than partaking of the Lord's Supper. When the Apostle Paul wrote the book of 1 Corinthians, he corrected them for their abuse of the Lord's Supper because what they were doing is they were neglecting one another. They were prioritizing themselves over prioritization of the body. And so what he did is he said, is not eating of the bread and drinking of the cup participation in the body of Christ? And so I want us to do that this morning. And so if you will take just a moment to pray and remember the point of the Lord's Supper is not for us to be full of guilt. It's not a, it's not a funeral. The Lord's Supper is not a funeral. It's a celebration of what he has done. In fact, it ends with the proclamation, and we will do this until he comes. You know, the only people that come again are people that are living. But I want you to reflect upon what he has accomplished for us in our salvation And then in just a few seconds, I will begin leading us as we partake of the Lord's Supper together. As you reflect on the message this week, feel free to reach out to our staff by emailing care at copperfieldchurch.com. We would love to hear from you and pray for you. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and our other podcast, Equip for Good. Thanks for listening.